Hello, and welcome to the Reorg EMEA podcast. It's Thursday, August the 6th. I'm Richard Woolley, and today I'm going to be speaking to Rob Summers, the financial analyst behind Reorg's coverage of UK restaurant chain Pizza Express. First, though, we're going to hear about Kazakhstan-based oil and gas company Nostrum, which is hoping to sign a forbearance agreement with its bondholders after it defaulted on a coupon payment due at the end of July. I asked Emerging Markets reporter Bianca Bora about the company's difficulties. Nostrum started having issues with its production at the end of 2017 when it encountered water in one of its wells. This meant it had to revise down its production guidance for 2018. The group's management planned to boost production through the introduction of its third gas treatment unit, GTU-3, but the delivery of the project was delayed until 2019. The group spent $500 million on building the unit, which was constructed by the group's shareholder, Cas Stroy Service. The gas treatment unit strips liquefied petroleum gas from raw gas. Several other production issues since then have led the company to revise its guidance down continuously. The issues with production meant that the group had to reassess its reserves. In March 2019, the group incurred an impairment of $150 million after it had to revise down its proved and probable, or 2P, reserves to 410 million barrels of oil equivalent. On March 31st this year, the group's 2P reserves were downgraded further by 272 million barrels of oil equivalent. Compared to 2018, this marks a fall of 71.2%. In January, the group decided to halt drilling of all new wells this year. And what have the knock-on effects of the reduced production been? The fall in production meant that the group is not able to use its gas treatment unit's full capacity of 4.2 billion cubic metres and has to source third-party contracts. The group's current production uses under 20% of its capacity. So far, the company has secured only one contract with Ural Oil & Gas. The contract is expected to deliver 500 million cubic metres of raw gas annually and generate about $50 million of free cash flow. However, the deadline for the delivery of the contract has been delayed to 2023, as Ural has to build a pipeline to transport its gas to the treatment unit. In the first half of this year, the group's average production was 23.5 thousand barrels of oil per day. The group's annual guidance for this year is 20,000 barrels of oil per day. It currently has 21 oil wells and 25 gas condensate wells in production. The group's first half cash position is expected to exceed $75 million, while its total debt, excluding leases, is expected to be below $1.14 billion. The group was also heavily impacted by the fluctuation in oil prices. When the oil price collapsed to $22 a barrel at the end of March, the group had zero hedges in place. The new CFO, Martin Cocker, said the group is working on a cost-cutting strategy and expects it to be cash positive by the end of 2020. OK, and how has this impacted its ability to service its debt? The group has two bonds, a $725 million 8% bond that matures in 2022 and a $400 million 7% bond that matures in 2025. The debt is now quoted at 2829. The group had a $29 million coupon payment due on the 25th of July for its 2022 notes, which it missed, and it has a $14 million coupon due on August 16th under its 2025 notes. The company said it also intends to skip this. The group is now in its second week of a 30-day grace period and is hoping to sign a forbearance agreement with the note holders while the parties negotiate a restructuring deal. The next coupons are not due until the beginning of next year. Nostrum appointed Rothschild and Wine Case as its financial and legal advisors. The note holders have hired PJT and Aiken Gump. The bondholder committee includes Amundi, Fidelity International and Fidelity Investments. 
Kyle Awusu, Director of Emerging Markets Credit at Reorg, had this to say about the company's options in terms of restructuring the debt. The company's immediate goals in the restructuring, given its debt load, declining oil and gas business, and need for liquidity, should be to reduce debt and preserve and or raise cash. Of course, the creditors probably want to realize any upside if the gas treatment facility is able to source contracts while trying to mitigate downside. There is $1.125 billion of debt. The market value of the debt is about $280 million, assuming trading prices of around 25. A relatively straightforward solution would be to offer existing creditors a mix of consideration made up of, one, about $280 million of debt, and two, equity. In this scenario, existing shareholders would be diluted. A consensual deal involving material shareholder dilution may be difficult to achieve, given the shareholder's influence in the region. One potential risk surrounding the new hypothetical $280 million of take-back paper from a creditor perspective is that if the gas treatment cannot secure contracts and the company continues to halt drilling, the oil and gas business's production alone may not be able to generate enough cash flow to support the debt, which would trade at a discount. And, in that situation, the new equity would be out of the money. Assuming shareholders see value in the business, they may want to invest. Therefore, a deal could be structured to include a potential rights offering for shares of the new reorganized company. Now, Pizza Express has been all over the news in the UK this week, so I spoke to Rob Summers about what's been happening with the company. The restaurant chain finally revealed its long-awaited restructuring plan yesterday. This will see senior secured bondholders take over the group, its debt stack cut by more than half to £320 million, and the provision of new money. In addition, the group will dispose of its Chinese operations to principal shareholder Honey Capital and launch a company voluntary arrangement, which it says will lead to about £10 million of savings per year. How did Pizza Express come to this point? It's important to remember that the difficulties facing Pizza Express predate the coronavirus pandemic. In the aftermath of the 2016 Brexit vote, revenue suffered from diminished consumer confidence and a lower pound increase its cost base. This was compounded by increases in the minimum wage and rents. As a result, top-line growth in the group's core UK market has been sluggish for years, while margins have repeatedly come under pressure. Performance within the group's international business, ostensibly a growth engine, has also slowed, with the segment generating an EBITDA loss in 2019. Now, the coronavirus pandemic led to the closure of the group's estate and exacerbated these trends. So was a restructuring inevitable then? In a word, yes. Up until COVID, there were no immediate triggers. However, the company did face two key issues. First, while it has historically been very cash generative, 48 million pounds of annual cash interest costs mean that levered free cash flows have been thin in recent years. This high fixed expense meant that the company was exposed to a sudden slowdown, which is what happened this year. In fact, even before COVID, management said that the interest payments were its major cash constraint and the group has repeatedly drawn on its RCF to make the coupon payments. Second, even if Pizza Express would have been able to avoid a liquidity squeeze, its EBITDA has consistently declined and has reached a level that would have made a refinancing of its 2021 notes close to impossible. For example, the group generated £80 million of EBITDA in 2018 and £71 million in 2019, both before the pandemic hit. Even the more generous £80 million figure was insufficient to sustain £665 million of bonds, so the company would have had to restructure its debt stack at some point, either this year or in early 2021, irrespective of the coronavirus. And do you think the restructuring will be able to solve the group's problems? 
Cutting the company's debt and interest burden is definitely the right approach. For example, the group's 320 million pro forma total debt stack will mean that, with 80 million pounds of EBITDA, it is only four times levered. Further, focusing on the group's performing estate and cutting the China operations will improve performance. Fundamentally, assuming it is able to fully open its restaurants, Pizza Express is a cash generative business that should be in a better position once it cleans up its balance sheet. But questions remain about the group's operational outlook. For example, it expects to generate EBITDA of around 95 million in 2023 and 2024. This, though, is based on a steady recovery over the next year with a return to pre-COVID levels by the second half of 2021. Clearly, a second or even third wave of COVID would severely impact performance. Further, customer preferences may have changed, which makes projections even less certain. That said, the restructuring will mitigate the group's previous liquidity and maturity concerns. Most of the company's pro forma debt will mature between four and a half to five years post-closing, and most interest expense can be capitalized for the first two years. Further, the new money includes 70 million pounds to refinance the group's super senior term loan if required. So Pizza Express will be in a much more robust position than it has been in the past, but it's still not in the clear yet. As always, you can read more about these situations on our website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.